0: so you can be the leader in your life and your business, one who stands out and thrives. This is the place where women just like you create wealth from the inside out. You are listening to Amplified Impact, and I am so excited to have another mompreneur on the episode today. Maria Wick, thank you so much for being here.
1: Hi, Amber. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and to chat all things business and babies.
0: Yes, she is. Maria is a seven-figure mama. You can find her on Instagram at the Maria Wick. I really love to connect with other moms wives women that are doing it in their own way one of her gifts is teaching online entrepreneurs how to scale their business without sacrificing their life which is so important when becoming a mother or becoming an entrepreneur while doing the family life wouldn't you say
1: yeah um I think it's a really beautiful um a beautiful opportunity that we have in today's you know world and I'm so excited that uh that I'm a part of this kind of shift in uh, motherhood.
0: Yeah, and you're a new mama. So this journey is literally unfolding before your eyes right now. What do you think that the biggest thing that you're loving about the shift of being a mama and entrepreneur?
1: Mm, Well, this might be a really personal answer, um, but I'm always somebody that works best with few hours. Um, like I remember in college, like I was that person that was like in the library like thirty minutes before the essay was due, like hammering it out. Um, and then I would do really well, right? But if I work on it for weeks and weeks, my performance isn't as good. I'm definitely a pressure oriented person. <laughs> and I find that with motherhood, you know, you know, Caroline is twelve weeks old. She's uh, three months. And she's currently on like a two to three hour nap schedule. So, she naps for two to three hours and then she's awake for about an hour to 90 minutes. And so I have these bursts of like two hours here where I have to, you know, maintain the house or go do the errands or just kind of like, go do me self-care, like go to the gym, go to yoga, go get a massage. And then it's coming home and being present with her and um, the whole nine yards. So, yeah, I think that it's helped me become really productive, honestly.
0: Yeah. And it, I, what I think about too, is just because uh, Amani now nine months old. It allows you to be so much more intentional with your time. And I remember thinking like when I was making the transition, like, I think I should be doing more. And can you kind of speak to how, like, you actually don't need to do more to continue to grow or even start your business?
1: Yeah. I, and I think that this is the thing that like, so often I see my clients and my audience members, Get into this like hustle mentality of like wanting to scale their businesses, wanting to grow their income, um, wanting to generate more wealth, and all of a sudden they start kicking on and start doing like all of this hustle. They start doing more, they're like online all the time, they're and it just becomes this like spiral of more. And it's like, honestly, simplicity in business is probably one of the easiest ways to scale it, right. Um, the organic automation is what I like to call it of like having different ways for people to come to find you without you having to be online 24 seven.
0: Yeah, I love that. And what would you say for you right now? Because you do have these hours where you're, you are really present with your family. I know that's a high value is like actually being there while she is awake, what would you say that you have set up or in place that you do or you recommend your clients for more people to find you and continue to grow your business while not necessarily being online because i think one of the limiting beliefs that we have when we want to grow or scale is we need to be on and doing more to grow
1: yeah i think um i think there's a few things i think number 1 it's understanding what tasks you do well and which tasks take you a lot of time because they're not in your zone of genius. And so for me, like building a website or going into Kajabi and sending an email is just not in my zone of genius. It takes me so long to do. And it's honestly not something that I enjoy doing, even though I know that it's an, it's something that is quite necessary to have within my business. So I've hired team members to support me um, in like the back end. I've hired team members to support me um, with customer service, right? Because as a Um, an entrepreneur and as a human, (laughs) it's very easy when, you know, a customer service request comes in, whether it's there's a failed payment or, you know, maybe a client isn't feeling the most successful in their investment and, and they're wondering, you know, what to do and all the different things. That gets me anxious, right? No matter where I am in my business journey, it's just something that I just get anxious with it. Right. So that's another thing that I've outsourced to team members is, and I've trained them, you know, to do it just as I would do it. And so we have the customer support to allow me to not be anxious when things happen, to not feel worried, to not feel like I'm not delivering enough or to not feel like I now I need to over deliver because a client is moving through something hard. Um, And I think team is one of the, the most important things, but also I think it's trusting your knowledge in business. Um, You know, a lot of my audience, they already are successful, um, you know, business owners in our industry and they know how to make sales. They know how to post content. They know how to do the things. It's not about learning how to do it, but it's about refining the work that you do. Right. And I think the refinement is something that so many people don't spend the time to do. And it's not even time. It's just the attention, I should say.
0: Yeah. And like what I've been discovering with my clients too, is like, it's not that they don't know how it's, it's the fine, fine tuning in the details. Like, and I love what you said about bringing the attention to it. And sometimes we think like, oh, I'm doing all the things, but it's not working. And we're questioning that it's not working, but it is actually working. It's just, how can we master it and make it better?
1: Exactly, exactly. Like so often, and I'll share this little tidbit for your listeners. It's it's so often we're creating incredible content, but we're actually not positioning ourselves as an expert. So we're getting incredible engagement, but people aren't actually looking at us as a resource and a tool for them on their path, no matter what industry you're in, right? So it's so important to actually do the positioning and taking the time to intentionally position yourself as the expert and as the the go-to person.
0: Mm, That's super valuable. Can you give an example of someone's like, what exactly do you mean? Like, how would I go about being the go-to expert?
1: Yeah. So um, I think I call it the default content. Um, Almost everybody that I experience, whether they're clients, audience members, peers, even mentors, a lot of times the default content is like the inspirational, the poetic, the kind of like like beautiful feminine flowy content right the content that is what actually creates those like I am full body hell yes in in the dms like those types of messages that's the type of content that we want to see you writing maybe a little bit more in detail about your processes right we want to see you maybe doing a little bit of like a case study and it doesn't have to be like a very masculine like client case study 2.3 or whatever, but it it can be like um, just like you storytelling, kind of like a step-by-step of where the client came from and where they are and where they're going and how you're helping them get there and the results that you've seen together and just kind of really bringing back the the value that you bring to the table and reminding people that it's not just a conversation you can lead, but it's an impact that you can have.
0: Mm. So good. And I, that's something that I love to talk to my clients about too, is like storytelling. And then also you have to make sure that the story ties back to how this relates to your work and the journey that you help them through. Exactly. Mm -hmm. When it comes to like coming back, like, I know that this is one of the things that you specialize in and, and you're doing currently right now is like taking a break from, um, moving into motherhood is like there's a breakthrough you know you're doing all the things there isn't anything more that you could do the masculine strategies down what would you say to someone that's like I know I'm at the verge of my next level I know that I'm almost there but quote-unquote something's missing like how do you create that comeback without having that limiting mindset that like it's not working
1: yeah I love that you're asking me this because today I'm actually hosting um a free workshop on this in my my group but I think the thing is oftentimes when we can feel I call it the brink of the breakthrough right it's like we're creating that comeback it's like the momentum is there when we feel that we can handle it one of two ways we can handle it and actually receive the breakthrough or we can put pressure on it right and it becomes this like it's like this pressure is building and then there's no climax and it just withers away, right? Um, or there's the experience where the pressure is building the momentum's there, you're so excited, you're doing the things and then you receive the pleasure with it. And I think that's the thing when it comes to being in the, being in the moment where you can have this experience of it all going really well or kind of like staying where you are, I think is is the most important thing is to not put pressure on it. It's not to, um try to fix anything or to start something new because so often, and I was sharing this the other day on Instagram, so often what I see is individuals starting a strategy or starting a process, whether it's an int- intention, intentional strategy or not, um, they're running a strategy and then all of a sudden they feel this pressure building. They feel the, oh my gosh, I feel like there's like 10 people sitting on the fence that want to join, but they aren't joining. and. All of a sudden there's this pressure now to take action, to take a different action. And what they do is they actually take a sidestep rather than a forward step because they put this pressure on and it makes them veer off course, right? So I think the truth is to answer the question is don't put pressure on, right? Allow yourself to actually be in the practice that you're in and see it through and then refine it and refine it. Until you have really created a really beautiful process that is unique and powerful to you. Yeah, like
0: having having fun. It's sometimes we get so caught up in the like, I I need it, I want it, I desire it so much that we like put it into a pressure cooker.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: And I love how you speak of sidestepping instead of going forward, because I was someone that in the beginning of my business was chasing strategy only to discover all the strategies work, but it was like, I wanted it to work faster. So I was like, I need a new strategy to go into that strategy, hit the climax and then be like, okay, it's another strategy. And so someone like me, I was chasing strategy only to realize it actually wasn't the strategy. It was learning to ride the waves of the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur.
1: mm Hmm. Yeah. And that's one of the things, you know, I used to, um, I, I I define myself more as a, um, like a business and mindset mentor, but I used to define myself as a, a strategist. And I do specialize in strategy, but I wanted to stop defining myself as a strategist for this very reason, because I would have all these incredibly successful people coming to me but they weren't allowing themselves to move through the ebbs and the flows and to be comfortable in okay you just had a really big launch and it's you know the last week of the month it's okay if you don't close the month and make a new sale right or it's the like big hustle energy of like i need it to work i need it to work and i think this is one of the problems in the industry as we get so focused on the results and hitting the next milestone whether we quote unquote need money or not. It's like, we get so focused on that next step that we aren't ever actually present with our life and with where we are, which I think is, is one of the most damaging things we can do to our business.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's
1: like chasing the
0: next thing rather than being able to celebrate and enjoy what we've created. It's like, okay, I did it now. What's next?
1: Mm -hmm. Exactly.
0: How do you give yourself that pause? Like, I know that you've created massive success in, in your business and your clients, but with your own journey, like, how is it that you take pauses to really reflect on the success that you've created, the impact that you've had?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think to answer this question best, it, it's kind of important to have context behind my journey because my journey is very unique. So, I've been in business for, um, I believe it's just about like seven years, which Feels insane, but it's true. Um, so I've been in business for about seven years. I also used to have an in-person agency that I um, closed down. I moved out of state and then it was COVID at the same time. So it, I closed the agency down and I never really reopened it locally. So I've had two businesses right, for the vast majority of my time in business. And one of the things that I I recognized was that I could create success by hustling or I could create success by allowing myself to actually like use my knowledge that I already had. Right. Um, and so for the first two years of my business, I think I made a grand total of like $23,000. Um, and then my third year of business was just under six figures. So it was like 92 or something thousand dollars. My third year in business, or sorry, my fourth year in business, we just crossed just under um, 200, right? But then my next year in business, my income dropped significantly. Uh, I believe um, it was like 50K. So I saw an, a significant decrease in my income because I was moving through heavy things in life and I had not built a business that was sustainable for life right? I had experienced multiple miscarriages. I started to go down a a road of depression and grief and, um, the works. And the last thing that I wanted to do was focus on my business, but I had to. So I stepped back into those, like, you know, I call them like the gross, (laughs) like marketing practices and all that stuff, because I was in that, like, I need to be successful space. Right. Um, and then I kind of had this moment and I call it like my comeback, I came back to myself. I came back to my my practices and my teachings, and I allowed myself to actually step in and embody that. And you know that was last year, and now this year, um, we've created multi multi six figures, um, and it's absolutely incredible. Next year is already projected to be uh, seven figures in revenue, which is insane. Um, But it's, I think it all boils down to like who you are, and and the journey that you've had in acknowledging like the way you want to work and the way you don't want to work, because oftentimes the things we fear in business are the things that we actually come to experience. So I was always fearful that my income would drop and then I wouldn't be able to make sales and the whole nine yards. And that's exactly what I saw. And I also was afraid that I wouldn't be able to maintain living a life and having a business at the same time. And again, that's exactly what I saw. And this year I had a baby. I you know, went through a whole journey <laughs> with that. And I created a business that instead of those being my fears, those became my superpowers.
0: Mm. Thank you so much for sharing your journey because I know sometimes we can see other mentors that we put on a pedestal on Instagram and not know the journey that it took them to get there and it's that consistency and showing up and I feel like we attract the things that we're afraid of most only to see that like we're actually okay when we experience them and that's like part of our story and how we get to lead our community and like If the thing that you fear the most happens, like, will you still be okay? And when you're able to get through that thing that scares you the most, you realize like you can endure anything as the journey of being an entrepreneur is like being a human, you got to go up and down.
1: Exactly. And I, you know, I think that's, that's one of the things is I always ask my clients, how badly do you want it? And if the truth is you don't want it bad enough, when those shit moments happen, you're going to stop. You're going to freeze. You're going to step back into those practices that you don't enjoy because you're going to be in that scarcity. You're going to be in that fear. Whereas if you really want it bad enough, you're going to make it happen, right? You're going to stop questioning the potentiality and you're going to question the fact, or you're going to just step into the fact that it's completely inevitable that you're going to become everything that you wanted and so much more.
0: Yeah and for someone that has been there you've gone up and you've gone down and you've held yourself in those moments that you feared the most like what if someone's in a moment like I just don't know am I going to get to the other side is what I desire going to manifest like I'm I'm doing all of the things but I'm not getting the results that I desire how does one hold the void? Like, how did you get through it to the other side? And what practices kept you going when it looked like, you know, especially going through depression or giving birth and having a child, like, what did you do to get to the other
1: side of that, those fears that manifested? I think this is a great question. And I think it's, you know, I've been asked this so many times, and I think the best way that I've answered this question is it's not about, you know, what did I do, but it's about the perspective that I had. And I do this with everything. So it's not even in those like deep, dark moments where I'm like, what the hell am I doing in this business? Maybe I need a full-time job because that even happens. Like that happened after I created 350K in three weeks. (laughs) I was like, okay, too big. I am going to go get a real job. And then it was like, my mentor was like, Maria, (laughs) please (laughs) don't be ridiculous. But I think the thing is, is like, it's all about our perspective. And oftentimes I like to, to reframe the context of the void or the gap in between where you are and where you want to be as instead of you, instead of you focusing on this as something that you're running away from. So you're running away from the lack or the scarcity or the fears it practice it as like you're running to something. So one of the practices that I teach my client is the celebration destination. Um, and it's not about the big, big dream. You know, so many people want the seven-figure business. So it's not about like every single day focusing on the seven-figure business, but it's okay, you know, as we record this, it's December 8th. So it's like, okay, the last few weeks of the, of the year, what are you gonna be doing to celebrate all of the success that you see in between then and now? And focusing on the immediate in the big picture, right, the stepping stones and creating these destinations for yourself every single step of the way, it creates the distance and the void to be non-existent, right? Because it's like, for my husband and I, we're trying to buy a house, right? We live just outside Manhattan. It is insane, not only the market, but also just the... the, a mortgage rates and like, like everything it's just like insane it's so expensive to get into even like the smallest house it's just ridiculous so you know we have this big goal right and one of those factors of that big goal of buying the house is how far away it feels right we pay an arm and a leg for um the apartment that we rent we pay more than my family pays for their <laughs> six bedroom house um and it, it's how far away does it feel? And when you reframe that, it's like actually every single month we're saving X amount or, ooh, we went to go view this house and ooh, that looks possible or whatever it is. Then we can really step in and actually be in the it's happening now rather than, okay, potentially in June, we'll be able to buy a house. Potentially the big dream will happen. It just takes the pressure off of it, right? So it's the reframe is so powerful and it actually creates the reaction that you want the results to come in a lot faster
0: yeah I love that analogy that you had because I remember when I was going through labor and you know the contractions 10 centimeters and I'm like but he feels so far away and they're like but you can actually touch the head right now you know and it was like this this duality of feeling like how far away that seven figure business feels or the house feels and being able to touch what is feasible today gives you the ability to see what you had mentioned before is potentiality rather than like the distance from where you're go from where you are to where you're going
1: exactly and, and i think you know so often we view the goals as how far we have to go but rather it's how close we are to it
0: Mm. Can you elaborate on that just a little bit?
1: Yeah. So when we view like our goal, like uh, I know so many, like I'll just talk about the seven figures because that's like the most common goal in the industry is seven figures right now. So when you're wanting to scale your business to seven figures, you're like seven figures, seven figures, you're running the numbers, you're playing with the programs and you're looking at how far you have. So you're looking at, okay, one sale. That's just a drop in the bucket. I need like 50 more drops in the bucket before I'm actually there instead of looking at that we want to look at it as like is that we're so close right we're one step closer it's one foot in front of the other Um, I think one of like my favorite ways to describe this and this might be a me only thing some people resonate with it some people don't um, I'm not a big cardio person (laughs) but (laughs) having a baby and being postpartum and all the things for a while. The only thing that I could do was walk on a treadmill, right? Cause I'm, I typically train weights. And so I switched the timer. So instead of the timer counting up to 30 minutes, as like, that was my time. It instead counts down to zero. So every minute that passes, I feel so much closer to it being over mm-hmm. rather than feeling so far from it actually happening.
0: Yeah, it's like the countdown. I resonate with that so much rather than looking at you know, add adding up, going going backwards.
1: Right, there, and exactly that. There's a reason we count down instead of counting up.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Oh, it makes so much sense. Oh. I'm curious for you, leave us with one takeaway. What it means for you to amplify your impact. Amplifying your impact is like the work that you do in the world is one client, one ripple. And when that ripple turns into a wave, like how does that resonate with the work that you're doing? And what is one thing that you would leave the audience with today, whether they're starting, growing or scaling their business?
1: Mm, Yeah, I think... um... You know, I think that this is a great question. And I think honestly, the thing about impact is Absolutely. when we're sitting at our desk in our home, you know, for me, like I face a wall, like it's very isolating, right? And we might not always feel it when we're creating, but I, I really have loved in the last few years to really reshift the way that I perceive the work that I have, because oftentimes it's like we're talking to ourselves in our camera right? That's the majority of the work. And then it's serving the clients within the containers and and in the messenger support. And then it's the emails and the content and blah, blah, blah. But the most exposure people have to us is our external content. And when we write that content, oftentimes we write it and we move on, right? We forget that it's out there. We forget the incredible content that we've written. And I think the best piece of advice that I would say, and I'm kind of changing the question you asked a little bit, but the best way to feel the impact that you have is to go back to your content and to actually read what you've said and to actually read how incredible you are. Um, This is something that one of my mentors taught me to do years ago. Like, it would be like, I would have a big celebration and then it would be like three months and I'd be like, okay, yeah, but like three months ago I did X, Y, and Z. And they'd be like, go back and read your content from that time. Go back and feel those celebrations again. And the impact that my work had then on myself, I was able to feel and connect to what my clients were experiencing before they hired me. And it became such a powerful dynamic. And I think that that's probably the best way to experience the impact that you have on others is to go back in time and read essentially the love letters that you've written to yourself in your content over the years.
0: Oh, that's so powerful to go back and just remember the milestones that you've created in other people's lives. And it gets you in the energy. Thank you so much for sharing that. And if you haven't already done that and you're listening, I highly recommend to just go do that right now.
1: Mm. Uh,
0: Mariah, what are ways in which um, the listeners can connect with you and what are things that you're working on? We'll be launching this at the end of December into the beginning of January.
1: Yeah, so um, you guys can connect with me on Instagram at the Maria Wick, pretty simple. Um, I spend a lot of time on Instagram, (laughs) (laughs) but around the time that this launches, we will be focusing in on the CEO club, which is a um, live group program. Uh, And the enrollment rate is just super juicy and it's so incredible. And I'm so passionate about it because it's all about scaling to your first six, if not multi six figure year for 2023. And then we're also, um, focusing in on the make it rain mastermind, which is super epic.
0: Mm, Thank you so much for being here, Mariah and I will put all of those into the show notes and be sure to tag you on Instagram when this episode launches.
1: Awesome. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. Thank
0: you. Bye.
1: Bye.